0: Welcome to the global phenomenon, surviving the survivor, where we bring you the best
1: guests in all of true crime. What's up, STS Nation? And welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor. By the way, Carm hates the opening music. I love it. I'm not switching it. It is Hava Nikila Hava, and she uh, hates it, says get something different. Ain't happening. Uh, We've got some uh, good news to report. We've been following this uh, fugitive, Danilo Cavacante, uh, out of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, he was captured this morning, uh, just around 8 a.m. We're doing an entire show on that at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Two shows for the price of one today, and uh, in the afternoon we've got Scott Duffy. We've got a guy named Douglas McGregor who is a geoprofiler, something I have never heard of. Uh, every picture I found of him on the internet, he has his dog by his side because that is his uh, work partner. He's coming on from. Uh, the Great White North from Canada. And then we've got Alfredo Lopez, who is a U.S. Marshal, who joined us last week, all back on to discuss the capture of Danilo Cavicante. Uh, But today uh, we've got uh, other news. And uh, that is uh, sort of the uh, imp of the perverse, as Edgar Allan Poe would say. There has been a flurry of stories uh, making headlines about married female teachers sexually assaulting their much younger male students and it has us all asking collectively why and my question has this always gone on um, or are we just hearing about it more often and to discuss all this coming back from yesterday's show thank god she's coming back with all the hiccups uh, she is braving it once again she is Dr. Siobhan Scott, a psychotherapist in both California and Oregon. She's in her, uh, in her 30-year career, I should say. She has assisted thousands of clients who've been victims or perpetrators of violent crime, and she is the author of The Minds of Mass Killers, and today is going to help us sort of decipher what is going on in the world of education with these female teachers preying on male students. Next up, You've got Darby Fox. Uh, She is a child and adolescent family therapist with over 25 years experience with children and families from diverse backgrounds. Her first book, Rethinking Your Teenager, something I'm probably going to have to do in a few years, (laughs) shifting from conflict and control to structure and nurture to raise accountable young adults. That book received critical acclaim. She's always on TV, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, Newsmax and uh, is also a contributor for psychology today. Last but not least, I'm going to embarrass her. Dr. Daryl Appleton was putting some makeup on as we're starting because she is the mother of twins who are two years old. She says she uh, she can only do her makeup uh, when she's able to. Uh, we can all relate uh, to those of us who have children. She is the Innovative and modern day, I love this description. Doyen of wellness, who is reshaping corporate and individual visions of wellness. She has her own consulting firm that bears her name. Uh, she holds an exclusive clientele of global business leaders and athletes, and uh, she holds a doctor, doctorate of education. Uh, in Leadership, a Master of Education in Counseling, and a Certificate of Graduate Studies in Mental Health. So welcome uh, to one and all. Uh, before we even get to the specifics of, uh, you know, the the stories here, uh, to you, Darby Fox, is this a new problem or are we just hearing about it more because of, I don't know, more media, more social media, more scrutiny?
2: Uh, I I believe it's we're hearing about it more it it maybe has also escalated because of some of the attention we can get from social media and different venues that didn't used to be um so prevalent but it, it i think it has always existed but i think it's escalated because people that are predators love to have some attention from audiences it's it's kind of part of the um MO, if you will. So I think that that being able to access that has been and thinking they'll get some attention has been an important part of seeing more.
1: And uh, Siobhan, to you, same question. In your opinion, has this always existed since the beginning of uh, the education process or is something as a switch flipped in society, causing female teachers to act out more often, more often and more egregiously?
0: I think it's probably always existed, but particularly for men, there's always been tremendous resistance to reporting it and disclosing it for a variety of reasons. You know, often guys, you know, in adolescence have fantasies about teachers and this has been popular in music videos. It comes up in movies. And this was looked at as a positive thing, you know. And I think now there's more awareness about sexual abuse. People are more open in talking about it. And I think smartphones have revolutionized the culture in so many ways. And now you have people Um, I think some of these women groom the adolescent males, you know, over the phone with texting and sexy pictures. And I think a lot of um, the discovery of these affairs, these, you know, inappropriate situations have come because mothers or other people have discovered, you know, information on the smartphone.
1: Um, Dom's mom, Darby We're already into the questions And the show hasn't even started Hello hello, SDS fam and C, Joel and COE uh, By the way uh, I hope Daryl Appleton's. Oh, there she is Daryl, I was just saying I hope your twins didn't uh, Chew into your computer wires Uh, But the comment here, Darby, Darby, hello, STS fam, Joel and COE, amazing mods and best guests from Washington. No excuses for these disgusting women, not the panel, of course, we're talking about the teachers. I'd absolutely lose my S, you know, that word is, if one of my son's teachers tried some S like they were doing. Uh, Darby, is this kind of the kind of reaction you expect from a a protective mother?
2: Yes, it's an appropriate reaction. it's a, it's a pretty creepy thought. And um, one thing that's really important to keep in mind about predators of any sort, but um, particularly sexual predators, there's a little bit of a power and in, you know, there's a power dynamic going on. So I think that a teacher obviously has that over their students. That's sort of an innate, ability. And I think that's where it becomes really creepy. We're supposed to trust these people and we teach our kids to be respectful and trust them, but look at where it can go. And so that is a very appropriate sentiment.
1: Mm. Uh, Kaz loves cakes, Dr. Daryl Appleton. I was saying when you cut out for a minute, we didn't even get out of the gates and STS nations already in here, which I love with questions. There have been several cases in the UK of female teachers with male pupils, and it's just not treated as seriously Uh, When it's the other way around, followed here by the same person commenting, Kaz loves cakes. I suppose that women can have pedophilia, too, but it probably goes under the radar more than uh, with men. But what about women? Are there female uh, pedophiles also?
3: Oh, absolutely. And the legal definition in England and Wales about rape only concerns penile penetration, so under the law in England and Wales, you cannot even be a woman and rape somebody. And I think there's that, I think I know there's tons of studies that are done on the the sentiment and the idea and the perception of female sexual abusers. And we see them very differently, just like these other wonderful women are saying here on this panel. We see them as caregivers. We see them as people that we innately trust because they are mothers or because they do have this quality of being a woman. So we do view it differently and it does impact in the data and the statistics that impacts the sentencing. It impacts uh, the perception and it doesn't accurately reflect the reality. But yes, women can absolutely be pedophiles.
1: And and Dr. D, did I hear you correctly just now? Did you say that uh, rape by as defined by the law in the UK is only penile penetration, therefore a female cannot a rape cannot rape a male. Is that right? Is that what you're saying?
3: Yes, that's from what I know, unless they've changed it recently, um, when I've worked with clients overseas, that is one of the things that often gets brought up um, as something that, that needs to change in our justice system in order to hold women accountable for things like this.
1: Well, uh, shout out to New Jersey's own Copper Horse. We've got uh, Mish. In the chat from Cape Town, South Africa, Frankie Figs, New Jersey, cool chick, NJ, cool chick and Gen X granny, as well as Tali and Israel Ketchup, And of course, Kaz loves cake, loves cakes, Abby, Taha and uh, Space Coast is uh, doing all the stuff behind the scenes, keeping this uh, whole ship from sinking, which is great. So I've, I picked out three specific stories here to kind of pour over and through Um Siobhan, the first one is a teacher named Crystal Frost, and she is uh, she was a teacher at a private Christian school called Crenshaw Christian Academy. There she is. She looks a bit demure. Uh, Thirty-five years old. She's a married mother of three. Well, she had to resign last month from the school because it turns out she was having um, sex with not just one but two teenage boys in the circumstances are uh, really incredible, but it it all started after she sent an explicit photo via Snapchat. Um, Siobhan, is that the way this stuff usually happens? Um, Does it build up? Like, do you start with, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or uh, Snapchat? In this case, you're taking a picture and you're kind of, forgive the pun here, but feeling the student out to see what you can get away with?
0: Yeah, it's grooming. You know, we always think of the male predators as the ones that groom and start violating boundaries, and they typically pick the vulnerable kids. And that's definitely what's going on, And and, which is one of my thoughts, that smartphones and social media and things like Snapchat are sort of facilitating the spread of this. It makes grooming easier. And these are virtual spaces where adults are interacting with kids on an equal level, which we typically have not seen in society, you know, and and now everybody's sort of trying to level the playing field. And these women... They pick vulnerable kids and then I think they convince themselves that this is a relationship based on caring, compassion and love. And it's very distorted thinking, but they don't view themselves as doing any harm. In fact, they see themselves as nurturing very often. But of course, this is very twisted and it's about their own needs for attention and power and control.
1: Uh, power and control, something everyone uh, likes to exert. I am not T-Pain. Back to you, Darby, on this one. Uh, why? And it's similar to the last question, but why do people see men more often as predators but are more reluctant to see women can be pedophiles as well? Have we just been conditioned by society over thousands of years that men generally are the predators? Uh, and now we see uh, you know, what, what seems to be many more uh, women acting out. But do you think that society will... Shift along with the uh, changing times, the perception will shift.
2: I think the perception will shift, but I think it's still important to remind ourselves that, from what we know and and what we see um, in the courts or things that are prosecuted, it's still about a six to one percentage. So women aren't doing this at the same level as men. Um, but I do think it's really important to question, um, that piece of authority and what does the authority give? Like how far are we, you know, what is nurturing mean? I think when we use the term nurturing, that lets a lot, a lot of people off the hook. And I think that we tend to think of men as more sexual, although those are some things we need to change the perception of.
1: And uh, Joanne says, looking forward to seeing Joel and Jay. I'll be making an appear- appearance on the Shaming of Jay podcast tonight. Excited to be interviewed and not in the interviewer uh, for a change. So that'll be a good break after... Uh, as SCS Nation knows, a rough couple of days trying to get this new new studio uh, up and running. Uh, this is an interesting comment, Dr. D, Dr. Daryl Appleton um, from Cisco Kid 01110. I kind of feel like for men, it's more about sex. For women, it's the attention they're wanting. Is that a generally correct statement? Men want the physical needs, their physical needs met and women want their emotional needs met. I'm not hearing Daryl. Are you guys hearing Daryl? No. Daryl, did you mute yourself by accident? Yeah, your audio just cut out. Daryl, hang tight. We're going to try to fix that. But Siobhan, to you. Oh, Oh, there you go, Daryl. Daryl, go ahead. Oh, don't go ahead. We're still not hearing you. I thought I heard you for a second there. Um... Siobhan, I don't know. uh, Space Coast is going to work on that. But Siobhan, to you, uh, is that an accurate statement that for men it's more about uh, sex, sexual gratification? For women, it's uh, much more of an emotional need that they're trying to fulfill?
0: I think it's true that it's it's an emotional need for women, the desire for intimacy. Often they're unhappy in other parts of their lives, even though they appear to function very normally. They're not. Um, I wouldn't say for male perpetrators that it's about sex, per se. Um, I think power and there can be a lot of other paraphilias that are involved with, you know, people who perpetrate on children. Uh, many pedophiles have sex partners. I mean, they have adult women. Um, many are married. And so I think the choice to choose a child, I I think there's probably more to it than just sexual urges.
1: Um, So to you, uh, Darby, just moving on with a story a little bit. So she sent this um, obscene photo to a student um, and asked that the student send a photo from her abs down, from his abs down, I should say. So she reached out to the male student and said, uh, please send me a photo uh, from the abs down. That is the grooming that uh, Siobhan is talking about. The school then received an anonymous tip that a 15-year-old student only identified as GT had a nude breast photo of the math teacher on his phone, uh, which he then shared with some of his classmates. So um, it does seem like she was grooming him. And then I guess boys will sort of be boys because the boy got this breast shot, this photo, and then started to share it with students. That was kind of the beginning of the end. Does this all sound like it kind of went the way you thought it might?
2: Well, I think that's a pretty typical pattern. Um, You know, I think that the teacher probably, they're not in their right mind. So there's some delusional magical thinking going on if that's what you're trying to do. So I think that she, at some stage felt that it, you know there was some intimacy there and sharing those pieces would not go the way that it did. And that's the delusional part. I think it's pretty common. We see that a lot. That's why we always warn kids, please don't take pictures or send pictures that way because anybody can get a hold of it. So um, I, I think that's where it kind of went wrong. As you said, the 15-year-old boys kind of did what we thought they might do, what they're kind of expected to do.
1: Yeah. And Dom's mom says, so true, Dr. Siobhan. Yeah, it used to be bragging rights for boys if they had some hot teacher flirting with them. And I think there was also, it was kind of a period of time. You know, I think uh, society has changed. Um, But Sharon uh, Squire Stewart here saying, my male uh, best friend forever was molested by a female babysitter age nine, and he still claims it was a great experience. Uh, Siobhan, if this was a, female, uh, you know, there's a good chance we'd be hearing that she was scarred for life. It, it just, it seems like there is such a double standard. This guy is saying that was a great experience.
0: Yeah. I've worked with a lot of men who have had experiences like that and often it was babysitter. Um, Typically, they have anxiety, depression, um, sometimes PTSD. I don't know that I've ever heard one say it was a great experience, particularly at that young age. But yeah, strange things happen. I think a lot of men are conditioned to say that, you know. But if you look closer at this individual, you would probably see that there are some adjustment problems
1: in some way. And as I'm getting through the details of the uh, questions, hey, Dr. Daryl, you back?
3: I refuse to let technology take me down, Joel. All
1: right. We're going to crank your audio a little. It's all good. Uh, Meanwhile, we're going to go. I can hear you. It's just a little low. Star says my 15-year-old grandson was a victim of sexual assault by a social worker at a behavioral residential center. Females, Darby, are rarely prosecuted, which is why it is becoming more prevalent. And you heard uh, Dr. Daryl Appleton say that even in the UK, it's only rape if there's sexual penetration. Um, is it because, Darby, in your opinion, and as Starr says here, uh, that they're just not being prosecuted to the full extent of the laws they probably should be? Well, that's tricky to say. I.
2: I think that you could say that. However, I don't think it's getting to the prosecution stage as readily as um, with a male perpetrator. I think that there's a lot of sort of undercover with a female, especially a social worker at a residential place. It doesn't come out as easily. And I think that that might have more to do with the prosecution levels than it does with um, that we don't treat females the same. I know that in the States, there's recently been some very serious cases on the East coast and the women have been prosecuted as they should be.
1: And uh star followed that up by saying the, sh- the social worker was investigated, but no charges just fired. They said my grandson was not a victim due to his age and quote unquote, he liked her back. Um, who knows if that's true, but, uh, Dr. Darrell, when uh, we lost you there, which I hated to see happen and happy to see you back, I think we were talking about um, the comment was made that for men, uh, male teachers, men in general, as predators, it is a lot of times sexual gratification. But for women, it is an emotional thing uh, when these teachers act out. Do you agree with that?
3: I don't know if I fully agree all the time. I think people are complex and I think motives might be different and to gender stereotype, what might be one versus another perpetuates why things like this aren't getting brought to prosecutors. Um, you know, in a study there was uh, 12% of reported victimization surveys were actually from women perpetrators, but only 2% were reported from to the police. And this is really because of this porn hub perception of, you know, sexy teacher, you know, having sex with students and all of these attitudes we have about women and their abilities to perpetrate why they do it, I think it could be a range of things. And I think to stereotype it being one thing or another, it just adds to the narrative and it doesn't get us any closer to these sickos, you know, getting what they, what they deserve or us fixing and being able to prevent these things from happening.
1: Uh, I'm going to coin that phrase, porn hub Perception. Um, by the way, Cheryl Lutz says poor husbands have to live with this. And you're going to hear in a few moments that some of the husbands are really standing by uh, their women's side here, uh, which is interesting to see uh, because usually guys have pretty big egos and uh, we'll see how it plays out, I guess, over time, but still working. There are three different cases I wanted to touch upon. So the first one is Crystal Frost out of uh, the great state of Alabama. Uh, She's 34 years old. She's now been charged. Um, So she sent she asked the student uh, just to recap for a photo of his abs on down. She sent him a breast photo. And then administrators, uh, as the word got out, confronted Crystal Frost, the teacher who allegedly, quote, unquote, And there's a shot of her and there's a shot of her child, which is sad. Uh, The administrator confronted Frost and Frost allegedly said, and I quote here, admitted to, she admitted to a different photo she sent to the cheerleaders where she pulled her Nike shorts up high, allowing her butt cheeks to show, took the picture and sent it as a joke. And that's where things spiraled out of control. But Darby, not much better because she was trying to make up for uh, lost ground to to kind of make up excuses and said, hey, I didn't send it to a guy. I actually sent a picture of my butt to the cheerleaders. Um, it's not much better, right? <laughs>
2: So it's not much better. And that's a pretty big um. So so how do we get back to where that breast shot came from? So I, I just I think that is kind of a just a deception on her part. And to be able to make such a story that, like, what? You were sending this to the cheerleaders. It just shows that she's really not stable and she's looking for attention. And especially if she's married and got a young child, she wants someone else to make her feel attractive and desirable. And, and that's where it comes from. It's, it's pretty sad.
1: Siobhan, uh, for Marie P, this is an interesting comment. Uh, in this day, it's so weird. My 15-year-old daughter gets hit on by boys and their pickup line is, what's your snap? lol she has no social media and a question like this lets her know who to steer clear of how has in your opinion siobhan social media changed the playing field for for pretty much everything but in terms of grooming and uh even you know young boys hitting on young girls how has social media changed the game
0: it's it's horrifying honestly um I am so glad, I'm old, so my kids are, are adults and I'm so glad that they were teenagers in the 90s before they had social media. We just were getting the internet, just getting a little exposure to internet porn, but my kids weren't raised with it. And I think it's so wonderful when parents keep their kids offline, but it's super hard to do. And I talk to parents all the time who are struggling with how do we manage this? And kids understand understandably want it because all their friends are on social media, but it's, it's so high risk. And I think you really have to monitor so closely because the predators are everywhere now.
1: Yeah. We were, uh, doing the story of this young woman who was, went missing at the age of 14. I'm just, uh, I, I, Alicia and I'm blanking on her last name. It'll come back to me. We do so many stories. Uh, but long story short, we had a person on who, uh, Hunts for missing children. Uh, Joe Carrillo from Miami. He's an expert at that, and he was saying that the predator used to be the guy in the car luring the kids in with candy, but now that predator is literally in your kid's room on their tablet or on their cell phone. So that that really resonated with me. Uh, very scary. Uh, this comment here to you, Doctor Daryl. Uh, she's a very young teacher. This Crystal Frost, 34 years old. I see her as a mother of three who's likely not getting the same attention at home dealing with three children and being young. Uh, but Dr. Darrell, um, what would you say to a young teacher if she came to you and said, look, my husband's ignoring me. You know, I'm, I now have three kids. I'm busy with the kids. Or you know, maybe I'm ignoring my husband. Uh, I'm thinking of acting out with a student. What would you say to this person?
3: Wonderful. Do it with somebody your own age. I think that there's something to be said about the developmental changes that a 15 year old is going through and a 32 34 year old mother of three and i think that's the thing right if you want to have an affair i have no judgment that's your life do it with somebody that's not a child do it in an age appropriate capacity that's between you and your partner that's on you but to involve a child to involve somebody who is can't can't even buy a lottery ticket cannot can't drive a car can't go vote none of those things That is not an excuse. And I have two young children. And why would you want to bring another child into your household in this capacity? So these women are mentally ill. There is something to be said about the treatment that they need. And, you know, to Siobhan's point before, we as parents really need to educate ourselves on how to keep our children safe as a way to prevent all this stuff because a lot of parents don't know about all the new things that are happening out there. And these predators are in our children's bedroom. So that's part of what we need to do to keep our, our children safe and the, the children around us safe.
1: As a dad of three young kids, the last thing I want is another kid in my home. So COE, if you're having any untoward thoughts, take uh, Dr. Daryl Appleton's <laughs> advice, please, please. Uh, Annalise said, uh, traditionally, men have had more power in society, financially, etc. A female teacher would also have more power than her students. That is interesting. Uh, back to this com- uh, the story about Crystal Frost, the teacher in Alabama. So Darby Fox, um, eventually what happened was the administrators heard about it. Then another student came forward and said that uh, this student identified as D- GT, started to show everyone the pictures. Then they go back to the teacher in an August 29th interview, and she admitted uh, that the student, I should say, the student at that point admitted that the teacher sent him the lewd breast photo and then offered him sex. And then they met uh, on a piece of land owned by his family uh, in the county at least four times for sex both oral sex and intercourse so darby where do we see this line cross from like the the snapchat the sending photos the breast photo to now we're laying in a field having sex and oral sex with a much younger male student
2: well the line cross she got the she got a response right and i think that her desire for attention and how that could be is what did it. I mean, I don't think it's any mystery there. She sort of propositioned him. He took her up on it. And, um, there's definitely a thrill piece there, right? Like what, what can I get away with? Or won't this be exciting? Uh, the fact that they went back a couple of times and for for a 15 year old boy, that's kind of, um, like something he can talk about, right? Bragging rights. It shouldn't be, but that's how it comes down. And, um, I, I think that's, really sad on on both their parts right
1: yeah it sure is uh farah uh siobhan to you i've noticed many of these women were in relationships do you think not only are they in relationships many of them are married many of them have kids do you think their partners would have noticed anything off about them would they exhibit classic cheater behavioral shifts that you and that behavioral tells me that uh, Farah is either from Australia, New Zealand, UK, Canada, one of those places. But Farah, what are, if your spouse is cheating, which is we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here, what sorts of things should you be looking for as signs of that?
0: You know, I, I think it's different in every situation. So it's hard to say these are always the signs, but often there's just the lack of intimacy. A couple has grown apart. But I think with the women with these particular kinds of personality problems, there's probably a very... Um They're good at game playing and they're good at how can you be a teacher in a Christian school and yet you have this facade of religion and yet you're doing these really awful things. So these are people who play games. They can wear masks and I think they can probably present as very normal people to other members of their family and their friends. People are often shocked when they find out about it.
1: And Darby, so it didn't it didn't end there. The stakes were raised once again, which is what's sort of interesting about this case. Uh, So a second student gets involved. Police tracked down the second teenager who was a 16 year old, only identified as AP. He was Crystal Frost student the prior school year. And he said she did the exact same thing, you know, asked him for a photo from the abs down. Uh, There's Crystal Frost again. Uh, She then sent a breast photo. And then the two um, met on a farm that I believe his family owned. Uh, And his quote is, the teacher made no conversations uh, from arrival to ending, just had sexual contact. Um, that's interesting, Darby, because that kind of goes against the grain of what we've been talking about. Sounds like she was just there for the sex, not necessarily the emotion. Uh, how do you view that?
2: Um, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily against that. The fact that she did the exact same thing again. I think what feels good for her the intimate part is the sexual piece the physical piece and especially having the power to entice a much younger guy is what is is driving her which is feeling really good and I think that's where she gets a little lost in what she's doing and carried away it's a pretty deprived mindset
1: uh it sure is. So again, uh she met this second boy. Uh they ended up having sex on uh this farmland. Um she sent him more photos after that, and then it was a whole thing where she blocked him from Snapchat. So once again, we're seeing uh the the power of social media, the scariness of social media uh at play. Tali coming to us from Israel, great panel, Joel. Women powerhouse. Yes, it is. Um, I had, uh, this is Abby Taha, a friend of the show. I had a 16-year-old friend with an 18-year-old boyfriend. He ended up doing jail time and having to use whatever that is. as a predator? I don't know what that is. They ended up getting married and having kids, but daddy didn't like him. Um, Dr. Darrell Appleton, what about that? I mean, 16, 18, the 16-year-old's a minor. The 18-year-old is, quote-unquote, technically an adult, but they're basically the same maturity level, almost the same age. Uh, should that be something that is looked at?
3: It's hard. And I know every state has different laws, different regulations, and it comes down to the parent in a lot of these cases. Um, You know, it's hard because if you're in school together, if you're a senior dating a freshman or, you know, something like that, I think each of these cases has to be looked at. And there is a difference between the maturity level of an 18 year old and the maturity level of a 34 year old. And when we look at brain and behavior, when we look at the neuropsychology literally brains are not fully developed until 25. So we're looking at a a child still, an emerging adult really, versus somebody who has life experiences and somebody who is able to make, hopefully, good decisions and chooses not to. So I think we're talking about two different things entirely uh, when we look at the age gap between 18 and 16 and 34 and 14.
1: Oh, by the way, my brain's not fully developed and I'm in my 50s. <laughs> so for some of us, it takes longer. Uh, Miss, who's coming to us from Cape Town, South Africa. People lack the ability these days to restrain themselves. Darby, is that true? Is there something going on in society? Um, everything is instant now. There's, you know, instant social media, instant Twitter. You get news instantly, instant gratification. Uh, people losing the ability to use self-control.
2: Yeah, I I think that's a great comment. And I think it's absolutely true. And I think one thing that um, a great way to look at how social media does that is there's this innate ability that we develop when we're first born and it's meant to go through life called contingent bonding. And that's how people start to respond and mirror to young babies. And we see Oh, that person frowned, or I don't know that person. So there's this, you build up your sense of who to trust and how to respond, depending on what's coming back to you. What happens when we're always on social media or Snapchat? It's it's captured in a moment. And by and large, it's very positive contingent responding, right? So if you get a response, oh my God, this is great. I got, you know, the below the short shot after I sent my breasts. That's a very positive thing. And if you didn't get that, you'd probably just move on, right? You'd leave it alone. But these days, you can't restrain yourself because you, you, you go for the immediate, the gratification. And that is something that we're seeing a lot. And it's actually troubling because we can't make that distinction. And we're not really used to not getting our way or not seeing positive things. We don't really know what to do. So we shift quickly.
1: Uh, Ketchup, who's a friend of the show, says coming from a Catholic school, I had nuns as teachers in grade school. I never would have thought this type of thing uh, happens and followed by Shaquille O'Meal, the best name in all of uh, social media and YouTube. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad social media was not around when I was uh, in school. Kids are being distracted by this, among other things in their lives. It is kind of wild to watch my little kids, nine, seven and uh, four. um, This just the way they they handle um, tech. It's just insane. They are digital natives, as they call them, and they rummage through my stuff, know how to do everything in ways that I will never know, and therefore, and I'm a lot older, so there you go. Uh, So this first story about Crystal Frost ends with, uh, there's a police interview, uh, Siobhan, And uh, Crystal Frost eventually confesses to all the depraved conduct. She's arrested. She's charged with traveling to meet a child for an unlawful sex act, electronic solicitation of a child, two counts of a school employee engaging in a sex act, and two counts of a school employee distributing obscene materials to a student. And they don't mess around in Alabama. She's facing something like 30 years uh, in prison for this, which is very serious. Um, Is that, too serious in your opinion, um, Siobhan, or should these people be uh, punished um, to the fullest extent of the law?
0: You know, we have to take it seriously. There's just not another way to manage it. And so I, I think you have to go, the prosecutors know what is appropriate here. And I think we have to go for that. It's it's just victimizing children We can't go light on that. I mean, you know, it's a tragedy all around for this woman who should have gotten some help before she ever perpetrated. But once you're a perpetrator, there are going to be consequences like that.
1: There you go. You got to think about your actions uh, and the consequences that they will cause. Mish in Cape Town. Love Dr. Darrell. She is gorgeous. Role model for sure. How about that? that? There you go. So the second story, uh, Darby Fox, is a woman named Melissa Rockensees. And uh, this happened uh, not far from where you're sitting right now in the borough of Queens. Uh, She's now a former middle school teacher. Um, And one of the interesting things in this story, recent story, is that she actually was helping kids, Darby, with understanding consent. She had put out a post about the whole issue of consent. Well, you fast forward a couple years and just recently she was charged with raping a 14-year-old student in her car. This is at Corona Arts and Sciences Academy in New York City. The last teacher we just talked about was 34. This teacher is 32 years old. Anything, uh, that stands out to you. This is just, there's a shot of her. Uh, again, she is also a mother of three, as you see here in New York City, middle school teacher uh, charged with two counts. She faces up to seven years in prison. Um, but look at that face, Darby. Um, you know, she looks innocent, looks angelic, looks sort of harmless. Um, how do you read a person like this? Or can you?
2: So, so that's the hard part. Again, we've really lost that ability to build up our... Um, sort of innate judgment, right? Like she looks pretty good, but there would have been along the way something that should have told the 14 year old, you know what, this is kind of creepy. This isn't right. She's a teacher. She's a mom. And, but with a lot of raising kids on nothing but a phone, it, it, we lose that ability to make those judgments, right? We think, oh, it's got to it's going to, she's going to be fine. She's a teacher. So I, um, I actually look at that sentence and I see that that's pretty light. I think that's a pretty light rape conviction sentence. So, um, she's not thinking about anybody, but herself and the dynamic of the power. And I think there is a really twisted piece. Look at me, I'm teaching consent and look what I can get away with. That's, that's a pretty deprived mind.
1: Yeah. And we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll get into some of the more, uh, nuanced details of the whole consent issue in a minute. By the way, uh, surviving the survivor, if you use our code STS uh, at liquidiv.com, if you don't know Liquid IV, I actually use this product, which is why we promote it on the show. Uh, I always take it when I go to the gym, it is like a healthy Gatorade. It's powder. It goes in. It's got electrolytes. Powder form goes in your water. It's awesome. Again, if you put in STS, you get a discount. So check out liquidiv.com. The COE is weighing in here. Uh, This is uh, the spouse of mine here is how you would put it <laughs> trust me Joel I don't want more kids in my house or more husbands <laughs> you didn't you didn't say anything about lurid affairs just peace and quiet um, that is what we're all looking for um, as you all know uh, especially the CoE this has been a rough week so I could use that peace and quiet more now than ever before. Um, Kung Fu Panda, I didn't read this comment yet, which is always frightening, but we're going to read it on air. When a child is in an unhappy or abusive family, it is much easier to be preyed on by adults. Interesting. The child does not think they'll be harmed and they are starved for positive attention. Dr. Daryl Appleton, we're talking about grooming. If you're a teacher, you oftentimes know a little bit about what's going on with home life. Do you think these teachers are targeting potentially students who are having a difficult time at home and coming in and scooping them up um, because they are emotionally vulnerable.
3: Sure, absolutely. Why wouldn't you go for the easy prey? Why why work harder than you have to? And it's this thing that we see in theft, in serial killers, like we see it pattern throughout when people try to harm other people. And you know, the impact of hurting a child is so severe. I mean, all these women, we've all worked with trauma victims at some point in our careers, I'm sure. And it it really gets inside a person. Doesn't mean great things can't happen in that person's life, but there is a lot of work that needs to be done and undone from having somebody you trust, having somebody that you confide in, that you're vulnerable with, and then betraying that trust on top of your family doing that to you, that's a lot of complex trauma for one person to manage in a lifetime. So, yes, I absolutely think they look for for people who are low hanging fruit. But I also think this is not the first time these people have done this. This was not the first breast photo. This was not the first DM. This was something that they have tested along the way. And they had people that responded. So they were interested back.
1: I'm glad you used the word betrayal. The thumbnail title that I chose was Boys Betrayed, Uh, Mm. so using the same word. Mish, back in Cape Town, these lovely ladies are brilliant. I think this comment is interesting, uh, Siobhan, to you, uh, from Black Widow in the Republic of Ireland, as they corrected me. I don't even let my kid go uh, into the dentist alone. Uh, what is too much? You hear the term helicopter parenting now, Siobhan, uh, when do you need to let your kids, you know, kind of go, um, and when do you need to hold them close to the proverbial vest?
0: I think a lot of it depends on the age of the kids. Um, you know, it's, it's a judgment call. I know, um, when I was doing a lot of play therapy with children, which I'm not set up to do now, but I always had a waiting room where the parents were adjacent and I would always leave the door cracked open. And it was just my sensitivity that I wanted the parents to feel comfortable. And I I think uh, healthcare professionals need to be aware of that, that parents are vigilant. We want them to be vigilant and we need to be open and have an open door policy.
1: Uh, Darby I shouldn't should be laughing at this comment but I have to. Uh retired 50 that would be police. A lot of this stuff could easily be avoided if these women explored the swinger lifestyle or polyamorous lifestyle with their partners, they wouldn't be in these situations. Is that something you would recommend in your practice Darby?
2: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you care to elaborate? Dr. Jarrell Appleton is laughing. I
2: mean, I'm not, I'm not judging, but um, <laughs> sadly, that's not what is going on for these women. Uh, it isn't about adults and having more sex and more partners. That's not what we're seeing. We're seeing the um, power dynamic really at play and the desire to be needed by someone who shouldn't typically need you, right? Like you shouldn't really be wanting to have sex with a 15 or 16 year old boy when you're a mother of small children. So it's more about that depravity. So the swinger lifestyle is something we would put in a different show, but um, Mm -hmm. that would not avoid these sadly.
1: Uh, We'll come back to that another day. Definitely not. I need some time to heal up. Uh, Great topic from Jolene. Regardless of whether or not boys are fantasizing about teachers, teachers are trusted to protect students. That includes their sexuality. A teacher wanting it does not mean it is okay. Well said. So back to this uh, story here about Melissa Rockensees um, in Queens, New York, one of the five boroughs of Manhattan, Uh, the Queens District Attorney, this is a quote These disturbing allegations represent an abuse of authority and a betrayal of the trust students and parents place in their schools. That is according to DA Melinda Katz, who released a statement. Uh, She was the student's summer school teacher um, when this illicit relationship uh, began. And the way, once again, Dr. Daryl Appleton, that this started was. Instagram. Uh, Does that surprise you? Um, Are there, I think I was asking this maybe when you were uh, out for a moment, are there sort of levels of escalation always? Does this ever just start with sex right away? Or does the teacher feel out the student, forgive the pun, uh, to begin with?
3: I'm sure in egregious cases like we see in the news, there are just flat out rapes. Person takes someone from the street and they, they, you know, sexually assault and abuse them. When we're talking about something like this, gaining trust, gaining familiarity, letting people know they're interested subtly, that's grooming. And there's something about that entire process that just, doesn't really allow you to to trust anybody. And it takes a lot of work to get back to a healthy place with that, because you are kind of blindsided. If you're the student, you don't always see it coming. And that's why a lot of these victims come out and say, like, I I thought it was okay years and years later, or I was under the impression that they were doing the right thing by me or my family loved them, things like that.
1: Uh, Anna Lissette, who's also a friend of the show, biologically, the best time for women to have babies is between ages 18 to 25. I think this goes back to Dr. Darrell's comment about brains still maturing, yet politics and biology say young people are children till age 25. If that is so, creation or evolution messed up. Dr. Darrell, you care to comment on that?
3: I agree with you. I think that there's a lot at play here. You know, in um psychology, they just pushed adolescence till 25. So when we study it, when we look at it, it's again this emerging adulthood. And yet at 18, you can sign up for war and you can go off. And evolutionarily speaking, you can absolutely have babies better at that time. So there is always this dichotomy with things. And, you know, a lot of it's brain and behavior and a lot of it's societal. We see a lot of Now, and this might actually speak to these cases now that I'm processing out loud, a lot of these people who are adults still being in their their childhood kind of mindset, still feeling like they are a child themselves or they are a young adult themselves. So being a 34 year old woman, but still feeling like you're 14, like I think there there might be something there that you're attracted to 14 year olds.
1: Uh, the Angel Rock with Laura Lee Potvan. I think I got your name right. Finally, uh, there was a huge, by the way, she's the cousin of Dennis Potvan, the former odd New York Islander ice hockey player. Uh, there was a huge case of teacher Mary Kayla Tourneau And I took notes on her as well for today. And her student, Vu Fulawau, if I, I'm sure I'm butchering that. Uh, he was only 12. That was the big first case that I can remember. She got pregnant and they ended up having uh, two daughters together. Um, It feels to me like I'd never heard about a case like this until this case broke uh, headlines. Um, She has since sadly passed away. Uh, But back to this other story about Melissa Rockensees. Uh, Siobhan, to you, she's a mother of three. I think we're uh, maybe not highlighting this enough. So the other mother was also a mom of three. Uh, Why is it mothers? Is it because there's they're so kind of underwater taking care of the kids and then, the you know, the, maybe the husbands are either neglecting them or they're neglecting the husband and then the marriage kind of starts to go south. But what about this? I want to say X factor, but the variable of not even just one child, but three children. How is that contributing to these cases in your opinion?
0: You know, we can speculate. I don't think we have hard data on how many teachers had children, you know, perpetrator teachers had children and how many didn't. But certainly if we were going on the premise that this is a person who feels a lack of intimacy, who feels um, that she's not sexy, who's not getting the kind of attention that she's used to getting from men perhaps when she was younger, that this could fuel some of this behavior, but it's really horrifying to think of what is this like for this mother's children? You know, how in the world do they integrate this? I mean, that just really tugs at my heart. Um, that's got to be just a horrendous battle for them as they move forward in life.
1: Mm, as that is definitely difficult to deal with. Um, so back to Melissa rockensies here, Darby. Um, This happened, uh, I think, over the summer. Again, it was a summer school student. By September of the same year, this teacher, Melissa, was allegedly having sexual trysts with a teen in her car. She reportedly, from October of the following year to July of this past year, uh, was raping this student once a week, um, forcing him to have sex. I mean, she's she's, uh, facing seven years. Uh, The woman in Alabama facing 30 years. Uh, which length of time do you think is more appropriate? Should they be facing stiffer penalties in just seven years in prison for quote unquote rape?
2: Um, I, I think seven years is pretty light. I, I think that that really, um, you know, that I hate to really rain on this. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer or a judge. I, I don't know that, but, I think seven years is just a really light sentence for someone who's committed rape. And this was repeated. I don't understand why, what is the component for me that the 14 year old comes back each week? Like what did she have over him? And that's an interesting piece there. I would want to know what they found out. Did they say there was some sort of consensual piece there, even though the age differential shouldn't have been there. Um, I don't really know about that, but seven years is a very light prison sentence for um, rape.
1: And Hope eight Fear says exactly what you say. Uh, Seven years is not accountability. Uh, Jackie C says for sure she has a problem with boundaries and no sense of consequences. She's lost her income and job and will be registered as a sex offender. Won't be allowed around kids ever. Uh, Siobhan, what about that? I didn't even think of that. These women are now registered uh, sex offenders. Do you think a lot of them would... uh, be repeat offenders if they you know, are given the opportunity?
0: Yeah, very likely so because you have some people here who have personality disorders and that is very resistant to change. They've got poor judgment, lack of insight. And when we talk about the Mary Kay Letourneau case um, – she began having sex with her sixth grade student. She was 32. He was 12. And they did not ever stay away from each other. They eventually married and, you know, had ultimately two children. The first child was born when her Uh, victim was 13 but interestingly he still in interviews now um, denies that he was a victim at all and sees that this was a romantic love relationship that was consensual she was the love of his life and it's it's just a very on, on both sides the thinking can be very distorted and very resistant to change
1: Uh, Black Widow with the uh, Irish temper. I have a nearly 14 year old son. I'd break every bone in my hands on her face. Let's hope that doesn't happen. How's everyone so calm? LOL. Uh, Maybe people are just expressing it a little bit differently. Coming from a high school teacher, uh, this is analytical, Barney, AB. They shouldn't have thoughts about their students in this manner, period. If they do, it's time for them to find another job. Doesn't matter if they act on it or not. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we wouldn't know if they're not acting on it, but probably not the best place for them to be is in a school setting. Uh, Lou LaMorocco Uh Dr. Scott, can you please explain the difference between the relationship between student and teacher and, say, Woody Allen and his daughter? That's uh, interesting and complex. You want to take a shot at that, Lou? Yeah, I mean, not Lou, I, Siobhan, yeah. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think there's a lot of similarities with the power dynamic. Power controls someone much younger, someone that, you know, you can easily victimize. The accessibility was there. So I, I think the Woody Allen case has you know made our skin crawl most of us for a lot of years and there's a lot about all these sexual predators that is very similar in that way the power control the grooming the exploitation and the utter denial that they've ever done anything wrong woody will never admit that so
1: um to you, Dr. Appleton, uh, so this teacher, Melissa Rockensees, in October 2021 on a Facebook post, she, she shared a public service announcement titled, Helping Kids Understand Consent. And uh, she, in this guidance, offered uh, offered guidance, including discouraging adults from telling kids to keep secrets or tickling after they say stop it's just weird that you would post about consent and then, uh, act out in this way. How do you reconcile that?
3: This is hiding in plain sight. It makes sense to me why she would, and then, you know, do the things that she did, uh, you know, in the context of it. So I think that we have a lot of people who are going to go against the things that they are doing to put on a public face and it's overcompensating, I guess we could say, but, it's hard because I think as parents, we we're in our job is to teach our children how to make great decisions or good decisions. How, how to teach our children how to live without us in a in a lot of capacities. And as parents, you know, it's um it's definitely a hard lesson to teach your children how to respect and trust a teacher. But at the same time, if something makes you feel uncomfortable if something isn't sitting right with you let me know as your parent or let somebody know that you trust that this doesn't feel right. And teaching children to understand and tap into their, their intuition a little bit more.
1: Uh, Shelly Raposa to you, uh, Darby, how often and what should we actually be telling our kids about intimacy and sexuality? It's a big question, but uh, if you can kind of pare it down a little bit for the answer. Yeah,
2: that is a big question. And I think that first of all, we want to approach it like we do Um, to children of any age developmentally, right? So we tell the 8 to 10-year-old one thing. We tell the 10 to 12, and you go on up the scale. It changes as we get to the different pieces. With these um, boys that are in the 14, 15, 16-year-old range, they have a sense that what they're doing is wrong, but they're also very driven by hormones and the excitement, the risk-seeking, which we know their brain is right in the prime of anything novelty-seeking or risk-taking. They're much more primed for gratification than they are for something that says, don't do this or stop. So there's a very different message. You should be teaching your kids all along that it's something that we wait for, that it should be consensual that there is an appropriate time for that. So these boys would have been in a very experimental age 14's a little young, but it's happening. So there's a little different message than telling your young children. You shouldn't need to be having a lot of talks about young children about sexual intimacy, but you do need to have the talks about if someone is touching you or pressuring you in a way that your gut says this isn't right, then you need to act on that. So I don't know if that helps. It's a big question, but they're very different Um
1: Sort of answers. And uh, Tiff Knox, friend of the show, teach your children what's right and wrong. This is the point. They have to know themselves and what feels right. Uh, I try to do that. I don't know if I'm always successful. Uh, What's interesting about this, Dr. Daryl Appleton, too, is the husband in all this. Um, He is standing by her side. He talked to the New York Post and here's a quote. My wife is innocent. She's the mother of three kids. She loves them very much. She's been a big part of the community at her school. We all support her. We're saying she's innocent. I won't elaborate any further. Why? Uh, It's an interesting statement because he says um, she's a mother of three kids. She loves them very much. We all support her. Um, And he doesn't really say that she didn't do anything wrong necessarily, but are you surprised that the husband is standing by her?
3: Not necessarily. I think it's hard for them to wrap their head around the reality. We're seeing it with the Danny Masterson stuff too. You can be a loving mother of children and still do terrible things. You could be a great colleague, coworker actor and still drug and rape women. So again, that dichotomy I think exists. And I, I think Probably a lot of it is is PR in the sense of crisis PR of standing by a united front, um, and a lot of these men and and spouses who do stand by their partners end up not making it long term. There's statistics about that as well. So I think it's you know he wants to believe that it's not true. Who who wants to believe that about their significant other? Who wants to believe that they were completely fooled and bamboozled and didn't see the signs?
1: Uh, Laura Lee says, I had to talk about, uh, that, uh, number one, shouldn't be touching anywhere where a bathing suit covers and talked about doctor's appointments or bath time, etc." I know the COE has talked to our own kids and, uh, just a lot of predators and now you have to worry about predators, both male and female. So it's kind of a crazy world we're living in, but you got to keep, uh, your eyes open. This story has sort of an interesting twist, um, Dr. Scott, uh, Siobhan to you, uh, the she ended up talking to the principal, this Melissa Rockensees, because she says the student tried to extort her. That early in the uh, in July, this past July, the boy, who is now 15 years old, actually, actually threatened to shoot her and her kids if she didn't give him $5,000. Uh, he even tried to enter the school with two friends over the summer back on July 12th. Uh, but he was turned away. So she went to the principal, Siobhan, and then he went to the principal and sent photos. And that's how this all unraveled. But um, it's kind of a weird cautionary tale because this student turned out to be a little, you know, nutso himself and threatened to basically kill her.
0: Yeah, what a mess. What a nightmare. A really, uh, you know, obviously uh, unhappy kid who had probably a lot of vulnerabilities, a lot of things wrong. This woman who was a predator, and you just have a real storm. I mean, this is. This is horrifying and nightmarish. And, you know, I think there have been other cases um, I've read about where the s- students did try and extort the teacher in some way. So, again, where's the judgment here of the adults? You know, the can of worms that they're opening up when they engage in this is just horrifying.
1: Mm. Uh, I'm not T. Payne, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, I love that phrase, and that is sort of what's going on here. Uh, Laura Lee, hot van uh the main thing i think is to have open communication with our kids young when they're young i always told my boys don't ask your friends they don't know more than you speak with your parents i always tell my friends that they're my kids that their friends are for the most part knuckleheads nice people but knuckleheads so talk to your dad talk to your dad more than your mom uh by the way last story here and then we'll start to wrap this up uh the third teacher tracy vonderhalst um What's interesting about this, Darby, she was a 2017 Teacher of the Year in California. Seems like that always happens. She was just arrested for sex with an underage student. Uh, he was a 16-year-old victim. Uh, it has not been revealed if uh, he is still in the school. This is in UKIPA High School. I believe it's in San Bernardino County. Um, what about this twist, Darby, that she was the 2017, six years ago, Teacher of the Year uh, in this community?
2: I mean, that just goes to what Siobhan spoke to a little bit earlier about how depraved they are. They don't have clear thinking. They lack insight or judgment. I think that that was part of the dynamic is I know that I'm such a great teacher, everybody has validated it, now how far can I take it? It's this sort of risk-taking, antisocial behavior that we see, um, which is frankly sociopathic. So I'm not surprised, it's very alarming and sad, but it's also kind of a cover-up, right? We think, oh my God, the teacher of the year, we never even have to Question. So I think it's part of how she got away with being the, you know, the perpetrator that she was.
1: And if you look here, again, 2017, Teacher of the Year, uh, Dr. Daryl Appleton charged with having sex with an underage male student who was only 16. Uh, Another interesting twist to this is police do believe. There are more victims. This was in San Bernardino County in California, and you're being urged to call 1 800 78 Crime. 1 800 78 Crime. If anyone who's watching in the San Bernardino County area uh, knows anything about untoward relationships between this teacher of the year and students. But, um, What about that to you, Dr. Daryl Appleton, that she was revered in the community, uh, now she's a pariah, but in 2017, literally, here's the quote, she is the kind and innovative teacher from whom we hope our children will grow, the educator who strives to engage all of her students from her intervention classes to her honors classes, and six years later, she's arrested. Uh, What about that, that she is teacher of the year?
3: We see it in any profession. I mean, we can look at Enron. We can look at some, you know, I hail more from the corporate world. Um, and there's a lot of people who are very good at what they do. And like Darby and Siobhan are saying, take certain liberties with their fame, with their status in the community, real or imagined, and and exploit those around them. So this makes sense to me. It's not necessarily shocking in this, once you dig deeper beneath the surface But I think for us as, as uh, audience members and just viewers of these things unfolding, it creates this sense of like, who can you trust? Who do you trust? What does that mean? What does that look like? And what can I do to to make sure my kids are safe?
1: Mm. Uh, How dare Dom's mom have to take a work call. Fantastic show, Joel. Thank you panel. Y'all ladies rock. Love you. See you guys in a few hours. We are going to be back at 5. PM. So uh, just to round this out, uh, Siobhan, Uh, This teacher was booked into the San Bernardino jail. Uh, She is facing uh, prison time. How long? uh, It has not been detailed, but bail was set at $30,000. And authorities do believe there are more victims. So Siobhan, to you, if you're a parent in this school district and you think your child may have been affected, how do you talk to your kid about that to try to glean any information, try to find out if maybe your kid is a victim?
0: Well, that's, that's a hard conversation, but it, it definitely needs to happen. And I, I think people sometimes turn to therapists for that if they're not sure how to go about it. Um, and they shouldn't hesitate. If they have suspicions, if they have concerns, and I think open-ended questions are probably the way to go, just try to keep those lines of communication open. And again, you can come in with has anything that made you uncomfortable ever happened? How do you feel about this? What have you heard? There's also one thing I really wanted to mention. I don't know if people remember, it's 1971. I was alive then, although I was a kid. Um, <laughs> a, a movie movie that was exquisitely popular as a romantic movie at one awards the summer of 42 and yeah. this is available on amazon prime now you can rent it and it's the story of a 14 year old boy who has a sexual fantasy and then an affair with a mid-20s woman who grooms him. But the way this is presented, it's presented in this very, you know, glossy, glowy kind of story in a positive way. And this shows the difference in how we used to look at these kinds of things romanticizing it and painting it as positive and how we're looking at it now, which is 30 years in prison. So I think it's kind of eye-opening and also shows why there's so much confusion in the culture because there are still so many people who romanticize it.
1: Very well put. I did take a quick note on Mary Kay Letourneau. Uh, This happened. uh, She was an American convicted sex offender and teacher. She pleaded guilty back in 1997. So this is the first case that I can really remember. And most who I've talked to uh, recall, she was charged with two counts of felony, uh, second degree rape of a child. That child was Vili Fualau, who I'm sure, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing again. Uh, He was only 12 years old at the time, but they ended up having kids and marrying and staying married. Um, I I don't know. I think they may have been married all along. I think at one point they got divorced, uh, but even up until her death, he was by her side. Um, So it was a very interesting sort of, at the same time, troubling case because people couldn't really make sense of it um, completely. Um, But these therapists have made sense of a lot today. And hey, Mona says, thank goodness, for good therapists. And uh, one of those is Dr. Daryl App- Appleton. She is the innovator and modern day doyen of wellness who is reshaping corporate and individual visions of wellness. I love how that is put. Uh, since opening a consulting firm bearing her name, she holds an exclusive clientele of global business leaders and athletes. And uh, your closing thoughts on all of this, Dr. Daryl Appleton, I'll start with what I opened with. Has this problem about female teachers preying on their younger male students, is it a new problem or are we just, I don't know, is it just more, forgive the pun, more exposed right now?
3: I honestly think that because they, there's such a low percentage of people reporting these crimes, I think it's happened all along. I think this is not new. I think we're just seeing it differently And I think we're finally starting to really with social media, we're starting to talk about it more. We're starting to have conversations. Sex was a taboo topic to even speak about until very recently. So I am sure that this was happening and I am sure that we are going to continue to see it happen unless we have some really serious interventions from the judicial system, from us as parents, from the school system. And I look forward to seeing that that change really happen and the shift of the
1: narrative. Hope Ate Fear says, Great panel. And uh, maybe we'll close out with this wide shot uh, before we leave, though. We've got to say goodbye to Darby Fox. She is a child and adolescent family therapist with over 25 years of experience with children and families from diverse backgrounds. Uh, Her first book, I love the title. Rethinking Your Teenager, I Need to Rethink My Life, Shifting from Conflict and Control to Structure and Nurture to Raise Accountable Young Adults that Receive Critical Acclaim. Uh, She's been on all the television shows, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, Newsmax, a contributor to Psychology Today. Uh, Darby, any final thoughts on uh, female teachers preying on young male students?
2: I don't know, I think the final thought is really for parents um, of your teenage kids to stay close to them, have those conversations, and make it really clear what is acceptable and unacceptable. And I think that that's something as parents, we have the ability to influence when some of these other things are out of our control.
1: Well put. Uh, quick programming note, double duty again today. I've decided to basically kill myself this week. Uh, 5 p.m. So three hours and 19 minutes from now, we are doing another show on Danilo Cavacante, the now captured fugitive. This was day 14 when his luck ran out. We got an amazing uh, best guest panel. We're going to talk about that. And then 8 p.m. tonight, I'm a guest, not the host, thank God, the guest on the shaming of Jay. Tomorrow, uh, we are going to have Carrie Rawson back on, the daughter of the BTK serial killer. But the investigation is heating up and she's unable to join us. Uh, there are, are They're looking at new cold cases, which is really fascinating. Uh, all these years later, he confessed to five murders, uh, I'm sorry, 10 murders back in 2005. And uh, now there could be more victims. So uh, we're going to keep you updated on that. Uh, we are going to work on a show for tomorrow and then One hour earlier, it is the Jewish New Year on Friday, which I celebrate. So at 4 p.m. Eastern, not 5 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to have both Scott Duffy and Phil Waters, uh, one of the most fun shows of the week. Don't miss that. So that is the end of the week. Until then, love you, America. Love you, Connecticut, New York City, Rhode Island, Oregon, California, the Republic of Ireland, and everywhere near and far in between. Until 5 p.m.